Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This is the final episode of this wonderful, incredibly helpful book uh, written by the author Napoleon Hill. In the past 25 episodes, we have covered every single little aspect of this book, everything from desire, um, how desire should be formed through the power of thought, and how it can be used to outwit the six ghosts of fear. Every single bit of this book is important, um, right from the th right from the part of specialized knowledge to auto-suggestion. And in this episode, this hopefully not very long episode, I want to just take this opportunity to go through the important bits that Hill has laid down, and hopefully give you um, and hopefully address these points in a way that uh, certainly I will remember, but also you will remember as well. And just before we get into this, it astounds me that this book was written almost a century ago in 1937. And this book was basically a culmination of all the uh, interactions that Hill had with several prominent people in America in um, the 1940s and the 1930s. And during this time, he met with or at least heard of and wrote certainly wrote about people like Henry Ford, um, Abraham Lincoln, um, Albert Einstein, and several other incredible industrialists, scientists, bankers, uh, just business mavens, and it, it and the learnings that he has applied in this book, I initially thought would be irrelevant reading it in 2021, given that what 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 is happening and what has happened over the past few years and certain decades given that we rely so much on um, uh, on intellectual knowledge and intellectual capacity than physical worth that as was there in earlier periods, especially when he was writing this. But the principles are still true today. The principles of self-work on the internet or self-work on, um, on in the digital world is still very true compared to what uh, Hill writes about where you have to build your own craft or your trade and you need to market it to people. You need to get out of the, uh, the, the office or the rat race or the cubicle. And through the concept of desire um, and specialized knowledge and auto-suggestion, create these things for yourself, but in a structured and uh, incredibly driven manner. And this is an episode where we go through certain important bits, uh, at least certain important chapters. The first, the first chapter that, that uh, I'd like to go through is desire, the starting point of all achievement, as, as Hill calls it. And the first thing that is required for desire is, of course, a vision. And he, he, um, he writes about Thomas Edison's assistant, Edwin Barnes, who comes all the way from um, New Jersey uh, into, into Orange and uh, talks to... Talks to um, Edison in a way where I definitely want to be a business person for this incredible scientist. He just had a desire. He had no plan. He just landed up in the station. And uh, from there he went. And, and, and it's a risk that he took. But the result was he, as, as Hill lays out, today people who know, who know Barnes envy him. Today as in the 1930s, in the 1937. Uh, because of the break, life yielded him. They see him in the days of his triumph without taking the trouble to investigate the cause of success. And the cause of success, as Hill lays out, is from the point of desire. 
And one of the important things that he did was he burnt all bridges behind him, which is similar to Hernan Cortez in, in, in uh, 1589. The cruise of um, the curse of um, the previous, the previous um, people who came on to him, he left no possible way of retreat. He burned all the boats as he went to the island to capture his enemy's territory. And in order to have, in order to convert desire to reality, there are six steps that one must take. And he'll lays them out as such. Fix in your mind the exact amount of money you want to the desire that you uh, uh, or the desire that you want. Determine exactly what you will do in order to get that money, because nothing can come get, because something can never come from nothing. Establish a definite date when you want to realize this. So set, give yourself a deadline. Create a definite plan. Write out a clear and concise statement. Um, and read your written statement twice every day, once when you wake up in the morning and once when you retreat at night. And this is the important bit about desire that, um, that nobody really tells us. It's about creating structure. It's, 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 it's less about daydreaming, simply daydreaming. And it's more about actually putting these principles into work and um, figuring out what you actually need. And he reiterates a, a, a small story about his own son, about how his son was deemed not to walk and now he's he's uh, accomplishing several feats of success and he speaks about so many other uh, people within this chapter who could never really be anything that they wanted but the simple power of desire allowed them to develop an important thing called faith and that is chapter number which he calls the visualization of the belief in attainment of desire the second step towards riches are the emotions of faith he says when mixed with any thought impulse give greater action than any of these emotion any other simple emotions of jealousy passion etc can ever do there is nothing to hinder you from deceiving your subconscious mind and faith never allows you to deceive your subconscious mind he says and it's important that faith is the starting point of all accumulation of riches desire is where you where you create that plan when you stick with it that's faith he says and he goes on to say that um, once faith is cemented within you you have to just go back to it in a consistent manner and that leads to auto suggestion which is in his words the medium for influencing the subconscious mind auto suggestion is an all self is is a self-administered stimuli which reaches one, one's mind through five senses that is the sense of sight, smell, audio or hearing, uh, feel or touch, and obviously of speaking. And, and this is important in order to build auto-suggestion. How, how does this happen? He, he, he mentions three simple points. Go to some quiet spot where you'll not be disturbed or interrupted. Uh, and repeat aloud the written statement of the amount of money you tend to accumulate the time limit for this accumulation. Repeat this program night and morning until you see the money you intend to accumulate. Place a written copy of your statement where you can see it in the night and morning. And this is basically uh, three most important points from the, the principles of desire. And once again, he says you have to follow this over and over again until you reach your goal. Auto-suggestion is, not, is nothing rather with, um, without specialized knowledge specialized knowledge he says is personal experience or observation 
Now, he says there are two kinds of knowledge in this world. One is a general, general knowledge, uh, which is just knowing stuff about several different things. And the other is specialized knowledge. And this has, I think, changed a lot since um, when he wrote the book. We are seeing more people benefit from having a little bit of information in several fields than a lot of information in one field. And that's good because there are various means for you to um, combine these sources of knowledge. If you have, if you have adequate knowledge about, say, um, a specialized body of knowledge like finance or science or sports or something like that, and you have a decent amount of knowledge in um, a medium like um, writing, video production, designing, social media, etc., it's good to take these two and present you have the added soft skills on top of that of just communicating and reaching out to people and networking. It's good for you to build that. So a hyper skill in one category uh, or a, a hyper growth or hyper knowledge in one category is worth less if you do not know how to mobilize that, distribute that, and eventually scale that. And that, I think, is a slight evolution because of what technology has given us. But... What he says is there are several ways one can acquire knowledge, regardless of if it's specialized or generalized. One is through your own experience. The other is experience in education made through the cooperation of others. And in this, he stresses an important point, which is through your mastermind alliance or your mastermind group, which is just a group of, say, five to six people whom you think you can bounce ideas off of and brainstorm with them as much as possible. Third way you can get information is through college and university, which is just formalized structures of knowledge. Fourth is public libraries, which it can just be Amazon right now, which just order a bunch of books and read them. The fifth is specialized training courses, and there's no, there's absolutely no dearth of courses right now. Everybody who's anybody has a course out, accredited or not, some of them are very, very useful, and that's how you can do it. And 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 a, and a point that I have least highlighted is if you contemplate taking additional schooling first determine the purpose for which you want that knowledge you are seeking then learn where this particular sort of knowledge can be obtained from reliable sources now the simplest example that I, that I have at least I use for my own sort of understanding is if you want to do a master's degree or a graduate degree in anything you want uh, most often most often than not it's um, it's an MBA you need to determine whether the purpose for which you're doing this is important. And can you do this without spending a huge amount of money, your money or not, uh, on this particular objective? If you can, that's great. If you can't, then think of another way to get it. If you can think of that way, then just do that. You don't need to do that degree if that's, if that's what you end up deciding. But these are important questions that Hale presents us. And of course, to know more about the entire episode in context, um, I do suggest you head back to the previous episodes and check it out. Another form that he, he another form of um, knowledge is through imagination. And he breaks this down into two forms. One is synthetic imagination. Through this faculty, one may rearrange old concepts. It's basically like building, uh, using building blocks to build new things, but using the same old building blocks that you have. The other is creative imagination, which is just coming up with new building blocks and turning squares into triangles and turning a tower into a fort, for example. Um, it is through this faculty that thought vibrations from the mind of others are received. And this is 
an important part of the mastermind alliance group, which is if you have a group of people who have a certain amount of creative imagination within your mastermind group, then all of you can bounce ideas off each other and determine what anything is worth. Another important theme is, is that of organized planning. And this was a fairly long chapter. So we've broken it up into several different episodes. Um, and he goes through several parts of organized planning, which is creating structure, which is not quitting, which is having a sense of leadership, which is applying to several positions and how you should apply to those positions. Um, it's new ways of marketing yourselves and your services. It's, it's doing experiments, it's having uh, some amount of persistence, which is de details uh, in chapters after. It's about creating and taking important decisions. And he goes through several different decisions taken during um, uh, the 20th century and the 19th century from um, several stalwarts and from American history and European history as well. He spoke about uh, Mahatma Gandhi as well and, and several other important persons that I think not just Americans or Indians, but people throughout the world can gravitate towards. He spoke about persistence, which is the sustained effort, any amount of sustained effort necessary to induce faith over a long period of time. Um, and, and how do you build that? It's through having definiteness of purpose, desire, self-reliance, definiteness of plans, accurate knowledge, cooperation, willpower, and habit. And then he spoke about the power of the mastermind or the mastermind group. And, and this is important. He envisages having uh, six, seven people within a mastermind group around him at all times. And when, whenever he has to take an important decision, he would very visually imagine these people in, in the room with him, walking around, leaning in, answering his questions, having certain shenanigans or certain... Uh, traits within them manifest right in front of him and and he would ask a question or a dilemma that he's dealing with and and these people would respond and that that was incredibly creative but it's also important and how this 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 transformed he also uh, delved into the the mystery of sex transmutation which is a whole different chapter in and of itself so i do suggest you go back to that and i'll just leave you with that that amount of suspense the 12th chapter was called The Power of the Subconscious Mind, which is a book written by many people um, um, since then. But in this, he, he touched upon uh, what the subconscious mind consists of. It consists of every thought impulse that reaches the objective mind through any of, of the five senses and is classified and recorded. He spoke about the seven major positive emotions, which is desire, faith, love, sex, enthusiasm, romance, and hope. And the seven major negative emotions, which is fear, jealousy, hatred, revenge, greed, superstition, and anger. He spoke about the brain, which is the broadcasting and receiving station for thought, and how the brain can be transformed or at least directed to think uh, in particular in a particular way. He spoke about the sixth sense, which is the door to the temple of wisdom, which is the thirteenth step towards riches, and how that is the main medium through which you can unlock creative imagination and a form of nature is also it also works with you in order to create this creative imagination um and he says and he says that his purpose was to rebuild his own character so that it would represent a composite of the characters of my imaginary counselors and he did this through his sixth sense through his mastermind group 
Um, and the last chapter was how to outwit six ghosts of fear. And this, if you're uh, re- going through this podcast uh, chronologically, this would be the most recent episode. Um, but the six ghosts of fear are the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love for someone, the fear of death, and one is escaping me as I say this in the fear of old age. Yes, that's the one that always escapes me. But hopefully I have not um, had a sense of fear because of this. He introduced us in the last final pages of this episode of this book to old man worry and old man if and how we must avoid them or at least be aware who they are and try not to get tucked into their um their, their worries and their alibis. Uh, and all in all, this book was is rightfully timeless. Um, there's several incredible jewels of wisdom in this book. It's applicable to anyone who's in pursuit of wealth and in pursuit of mastery of any kind. Uh, I certainly want to be on that path. And I hope uh, you who I know uh, are on that path. I hope, uh, I hope and I wish you well for this. This is a wonderful book. If you want to purchase this book, a physical copy or a Kindle version of this book, there's a link to the description, at least in the Amazon India store, uh, wherever you are, please feel free to uh, get it at the near, at your nearest bookstore. I recently ventured into a bookstore um, a couple of weeks ago, and this was right up there among um, the hottest bestsellers uh, of, of 2021. And this book was written, and I still can't believe this a century ago. Um, and the people it's covered have long passed away, but their principles live on, including Napoleon Hills. I think this is a wonderful, wonderful book. It might be, it might be at times um, written specifically for an American or a person in the 1940s, but largely its principles still apply today. Some of them did do, do have certainly caught me off guard, but they're incredible. The power of desire, the power of thought power of persistence, the power to outwit and acknowledge the ghosts of fear are timeless and they will benefit you no matter where you are in life. And I hope they have as part of this uh, little endeavor of a podcast. In the next episode, we will be covering a new book. And that book is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, a wonderful book on something that is more related to finance as we know it. Um, this was as well, but this is more about the principles to attain this rather than to sustain it. And this, um, the, the book Psychology of Money, I think it was uh, uh, written last year. Wonderful book has set bookstores on, on absolute fire. Um, and it has certain important, intricate principles. I can't wait to go through it with uh, all you listeners. Again, if there's any way this podcast can be better and improved, please do let me know. That's it from uh, this episode. Uh, I hope you'll join me next.